Hey, what's up, zookeepers? It's your boy, one of the Hollywood kaiju bad boys, Brandon, here to tell you. Guess what? You're listening to it. It's a new episode of Podzuki, and we had on the amazing Liz Stockwell, a fantastic comedian from Chicago. Uh, they were super funny on our episode because we were talking about the 1988 classic Hell Comes to Frogtown. Why did we pick it? We just remembered it existed as a movie, but it's a really fun episode. And if you like what you hear, as always, like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Give us a shout out on social media. Follow us at uh, Podzuki on Twitter. That's just at Podzuki. I know it freaking rules. We got that tag. Nobody took it. Anyways, as always, enjoy the episode ahead. And uh, if you want to give us any recommendations or tell us that we're doing a great job or we're all sexy beasts, you can just email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. And we guarantee we will read it on air. And we always love movie recommendations. And we love you. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Much better clap, oh, I think. Yeah, it clean. How's it? Everybody got everybody yeah. clapping? Yeah, up? I clapped. Nice. Uh, guys, welcome to Podzuki, the only podcast to ask the question, is God real? Um, I'm sure there are some that like a, do that. There's probably some atheism or agnosticism. We've done a lot of Christian jokes for this, so I thought I'd kind of go like the atheist or agnostic slant. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel funny. Maybe it's just me trying to catch up after all the diarrhea I've had today. Um, I'll get there as the episode goes, or I won't. We'll just see. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon Kirkman, one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys. I'm uh, we oh, like sorry, to... you keep going. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I ain't oh. stopping. Uh, we watch uh, bad monster movies. Usually, they're big monsters. This time, they're they're human sized monsters. Um, take it away. Yeah, Luke. I'm your uh, one of your another one of your co-hosts, Luke Evan Slip. And yeah, what Brandon said, we watch. Originally started out as kaiju movies. Now we just watch kind of whatever. Hopefully there are monsters in it. And uh, hello, it's me, your third co-host, Martin Felschman. Super, super happy to talk about this movie. Super happy to be here and super happy to tell everybody that God is real and he hates you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We've proved that with one of the movies we watched that made us all very depressed. Go back to God's Not Dead and have a fun oh time. Oh my God, wait. Who's, <laughs> who's this over here in the corner? Who's our special guest? It's me, Liz Stockwell. Oh my god, give it up for Liz Stockwell, everybody. Chicago comedian and all-around good person that's also fun to have on podcasts. Hell yeah. Aw, thanks. Yeah. How you, how you been doing? Uh, mostly watching Adam Sandler movies, so this was a oh, really good I'm switch sorry. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've gone through most of his oeuvre. Uh, if you'd like to call it that, I do, like to call it. Do that. you count like Happy Madison movies that he's not in as Adam Sandler movies? No, I don't. Okay. Just the ones he's in, because um, I don't want to waste my time not yeah. watching Adam Sandler. You know, um, <laughs> that's true. His brilliant yeah. acting is not to be missed. I mean, the only like good one outside of the ones that he's not in probably would be like Grandma's Boy, and that might be about it. Yeah, that's about all I can think oh, of. I'm sorry. Are, do you not believe that Bucky Larson is a star? No, I don't actually. Yeah, no, that's fair. Form, so fuck, fuck you, Martin. <laughs> fuck you. He's a child. Star. Let's just start off aggressive. Child. Oh, that's true. Qualification. I do like, I do like the little glove he has in the film. I didn't see the movie. I just remember that from the trailer. So I can't really say. If oh it's no, it's bad terrible. Yet, so. Okay. I think he also yeah. has buck teeth because they couldn't get less creative. They they really <laughs> could. Calling him Bucky. <laughs> At least they didn't yeah. make him Asian. Well, you know, I think maybe, like, go back 10, 20 years, that would have been a good possibility. Oh, 100%. But, you know, we live in more modern times nowadays where nothing bad or racist happens anymore. I, so I, I have good. a distinct memory. Doesn't uh, Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider play a, an Asian character in one of those earlier movies? Probably. I... He yeah, does. That sounds right. He does, yeah. but he's, like, part Filipino, but it's still extremely offensive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's offensive whenever Rob Schneider is on film. Yes. Yeah, that part's probably not enough Filipino to get away with doing an Asian mm-hmm. character. 
Oh boy, this is uh, a good start to a movie that I feel like I should... Should we do like a CW, one of those good content warnings of like... This movie had more rape in it than I was expecting, um, which is not fun. But I, I, I either watched this as a kid on some station. I remember seeing this as a kid. It was either like sci-fi or Comedy Central. But it had to be heavily edited because all the sex stuff wasn't in it. So that means I didn't see like women being drugged two to three times during okay, the Okay, so you saw a 20-minute cut of this movie. Yeah, I saw a 20-minute cut of it, and I was like, oh, Frog Guys, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's about my only memory of it. But, like, that's why when Luke had mentioned it earlier, we were trying to figure out what to watch, and I thought he was talking about Hell Comes to Frogtown, and I'm pretty sure it was. But, um, yeah, man, 1988's a crazy year. What was? What did I say? Because I, I thought Martin was the one who recommended this movie. No, it was, it was me, because we were trying to okay. figure out, like, you said some type of comedy film that they used to play in Comedy Central that takes place like underground or like in a warehouse, and I was almost positive it was this one because I remember seeing it a lot. As a I, I, I was familiar with this movie; I'd never seen it before, but I was familiar with it. So this was definitely not what I was talking about. But... I've I've never heard of this movie before. We decided to do it for Podzuki, and I feel kind of disappointed because I had a friend recently show me, uh, well, not even recently, a few months ago, show me They Live, and then just go on and on about Rod- Rowdy Roddy Piper. And then to to not hear about this film as well, it, f- it feels like a little bit of a, di- a disservice to his to his film, his his film, cri- yeah, whatever. <laughs> Set guys, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the crazy thing about this is like he had one hell of a year because this came out the same year. Yeah, as they the lived. same the exact same year. Well, like it came out like in like November, whereas this movie came out in January. Oh wow. I didn't yeah. even recognize him from They Live. I was just like, who is this doughy-faced guy, looks, and why is he our hero? He looks real different. Well, I mean, I guess maybe he got prepared for the role, because like, this is after a nuclear holocaust happens that decimates the world. I'm sure he was living as like a weary traveler for a while. And I, I like Roddy Piper. I like. I, uh, like, I think he, he saves this movie. He's got, even as this character, uh, what's, what's his first name? Hell? Sam. Sam. Hell. Sam yeah, Sam Hell. Sam Hell. Like Sam Hill. Well, I think it's actually Sam Hellman, but everybody calls his, says his last name is Hell. Because they do say Sam Hellman Hellman's a few times. Mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a charisma. And like, I mean, he was a professional wrestler, so I think that's what it comes from. He, You know what? He definitely has the charisma. I don't think he's that good of an actor, but he almost makes it up with just his raw enthusiasm for being in any scene, it seems oh, yeah, like, no, I, which I like listen, a lot. Listen, I love him in this film. He's just a little bit doughier than he was in They Live. Yeah, he yeah. sells it. Yeah. I guess they're feeding him well on that hellscape that they're going through right Hell now. Hell yeah. Uh, I think I wanted to mention, too, before we get into this, uh, this was directed by Donald G. Johnson, who's like Jackson. Uh, huge... Huge, huge, creepy set of films of, like, lingerie kickboxing, but also a lot of campy films, too. Um, let me give you a few titles here, uh, which is Rollerblade. Rollerblade Warriors, Taken by Force. The Rollerblade 7. The Legend of the Rollerblade 7. Return of the Rollerblade 7. And then uh, Big Sister 2000, filmed in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Truly an amazing career. He, uh, I was reading up on his IMDb. And uh, he did a lot with Roger Corman, which makes like a oh, lot. Oh, that of, makes a lot, a lot of sense. Of sense. Yeah. everybody works with yeah. Roger Corman. His more interesting stuff, and like we can get into later, is his work with Scott Shaw. Like when he met Scott Shaw, and they invented Zen filmmaking, which is awful, but it's kind of fascinating because they're just really weird and interesting characters. Yeah, that's it's basically a Kirby enthusiasm style movie making. From what I was reading up on it too, of they would have a rough outline of what they wanted the plot of the movie to be, but they wouldn't write out any dialogue, and they just kind of film the scenes however they wanted them. Uh, so I kind of want to see one of these rollerblade films because apparently all these rollerblade films are in filmmaking. Um, well, the, there's so Scott many. Scott Shaw, I've never heard Scott Shaw, the dude I was talking about who ended up working a lot with John Donald G. Jackson later on. He's the guy who made uh, is it Roller Ninjas. Or little Jeez, ninjas. A lot of rollerblading. Oh my he, god, they guy, were really trying to make it a thing. You know, and it's sad because like rollerblades had its time in the mid '90s, but it just didn't survive on like Donald G. Jackson wanted. So R.I.P. to a real one. I was just watching another rollerblader movie on um, Roller Gator. I don't that, know. Well, that's Donald oh, G. Jackson. God. That's this guy. Director. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is up with this dude? <laughs> 
What the fuck? I mean, seriously. I wrote down, like, all of the Rollerblade title movies, but I guess I mixed one. Yeah, Roller Gator with the little puppet gator that cracked wise. Yeah, that was this guy. Oh, and of course, there's also a Blade Sisters movie he did, too. Ooh, that's a good name. Like, I want Blade Sisters. I I can assume what the movie poster looks like, and I want it on the back of a jacket. Pocket Ninjas is what I was thinking of. Oh, Pocket Ninjas. With uh, Robert Zadar. Mm Mm-hmm. He, uh, he put Robert Zadar in a few of his films. He did a sequel to uh, Frogtown called Return of Frogtown with Robert Zadar playing Sam Hell's role. That is, wow, that is a weird whiplash to go from having some doughy guy to man with the biggest chin in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's not even just his chin, it's his entire face. It's a big face. It's a, it's a maniac cop-sized face, to say the least. Was he maniac uh, cop? He was maniac yeah. cop. Hell yeah! Yeah, the few. That's that's another film that might be fun to go back and watch sometime. But I also think it's going to be very close. Well, yeah, we we should we should get into actually talking about the plot because I feel like we could just talk about the little details of the actors and the cult filmmaking I, status of this movie for hours. I want to talk about rollerblades. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, who wants to start summarizing? I I felt like i took some good notes on it but i also was kind of in and out because uh one thing i'll say off the bat is it feels like every scene kind of goes 30 seconds longer than it needs to yeah it it starts out with a voiceover talking about how it's pretty well executed like it says like 10 years ago the world had a disagreement then it shows picture of an atomic bomb blowing up and i thought that was a pretty good line disagreement (laughs) just a disagreement Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot, too, because if mankind ever ends itself, I think it'd be funny if our history books or whatever's left by the next sentient race that takes over, if they just listen to something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck these guys. Well, I, I it's hope it's it... very... Go ahead. No, I hope it becomes that, and then the next part of the history books is like, then everyone got horny as hell. I mean, that's this movie, so we might as well keep going. <laughs> Honestly, this is like a really horny, uh, really horny children of men, but with frogs. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good summation of it, actually. Yeah, I can't believe I I can't believe I took notes on this film. <laughs> um, I was sitting here with notebook in hand, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this right now. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just like I love the opening scene where he's in what was it like the med tech headquarters, yeah. and there's like signs that are like no condoms. I'm like, is this movie written by Tracy Morgan? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that headquarters would actually call it uh, Raw Dog Paradise. Yeah. So so basically, the the nuclear, the radiation from the bombing of the world has left like the majority of the male population of Earth sterile. Yes, thank God. And I think it destroyed like 65 percent of the world's population or something too. Well, that's not, but that's not as important as people being sterile. Well, you need new people. Well, like, but yeah, let's let's talk about this right away. Is that uh, they don't waste any time saying that uh, Sam Hell basically is one of the few that can reproduce, and boy, can he! What a horny horn dog! But like, is are we to believe he's the only one? Because they never really expound on that. Because if that's true, then it's going to be yet again another incestuous pool of people. I don't. I don't think eventually... he's supposed to be the only one because they definitely don't say only, but he's definitely like one of the. Probably the only one the government has their hands on. No, no, he's okay. he's definitely one of one of few because they they say he's got like the highest sperm count of any subject they've ever had. Well, he's like he's captured by what is called what the provisional government, which is what we're gonna have soon. Um, <laughs> he's captured by them because he's left a, like a wake of pregnancies in his path. They just like track him down by his pregnancy. Yeah, well, yeah, he's in jail. Like at the very beginning, he's being tortured by a chief of police or whatever. And it turns How crazy is that? Could you believe a police officer ever doing that? That's I could never believe a police officer would do the wrong thing. Yeah, I know they are doing (laughs) it because like he he sexually assaulted their daughter. Though I think I don't know with like when the daughter recants because she's pregnant. I don't know if that's supposed to be that it wasn't she was just saying that for her dad or like like you said there's a a lot of like rape and implied rape in this movie i i yeah but in that kind of classic 80s wacky way which is one of those things when you go back and watch like revenge of the nerds and it's like oh don't worry everyone's having a fun time with this rape don't worry at all like it's it, it we have to touch on how weird that is and like how that was such a common thing for so long 
And what I think it was going to do, like, a little bit of a content warning in the beginning. It was like, this was just, like, an accepted story and plot line for so many, like, comedies and sci-fi movies at the time. And it's bonkers. Like, it is just straight up bonkers. It didn't even need yeah, it because it wasn't using rape as, like, an excuse to get boobs in the movie. They were trying to use it as, like, a weird story element. It's so, it's so weird. Yeah, you only was, see two boobs like, in this movie. You do. They're good boobs, though. You, yeah. They both belong to the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a letdown movie. You, you teased us with so much. Uh, it's, it is weird how, like, this also has another thing going with uh, Sam Hill's character, is that, like, they have this thing where it seems like every woman's instantly attracted to him, and he's just a complete jack-off the whole movie to everyone, too. Like, I, I never got that also with, like, a lot of 80s and 90s, like, films and comedies. It's a male power fantasy, definitely. 100%. Oh, 100%. If you saw this as, like, a middle schooler in the 80s when you were, like, coming of age, this would just be, like, Jack Off Central for sure. <laughs> like, at that time and age. Um, also because of the frogs. <laughs> There's a very sexy frog lady in this. We'll talk about oh, later. Oh, God. Uh, very similar to, like, a she gremlin, if you will, but we'll get there. I just like that um, when he signed the contract, and I just can't believe that there's still contracts in the apocalypse. Like and that everyone's <laughs> taking him seriously. And yeah, and they just like keep going back to the con- like, well, you signed the contract. So I, what is the contract that, like, that he has to impregnate women, whether they like it or not? That's kind of like the theme of the movie is like, you're going to impregnate women, whether they want to be impregnated or not. We yeah. don't care. Yeah, he's saved from being, I guess, executed by the police chief because he's, take- he's sequestered by med tech. Which is essentially like, it's like the human project from Children of Men. Like, it's just the part of the government that's trying to get new humans made. Mm. Yeah, but they're a little more kinky and fun about it, which is kind of oh, they're a, real kinky. a nice little touch. Well, it's some of the things yeah. that I really liked about this movie. Like, they're like, especially before you leave, I guess, civilization, where there's some world building. Like, in the med tech office, that's probably the most interesting scene. It's the most developed, like, scenery, because there's, like like you said, the no, don't wear condom sign. And, like, that's something that I thought was funny. And all of the med techs, it's all run by women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was some real world building. Yeah. <laughs> Get them. It was, I, I mean, I do like the fact that they put on, so, like, to keep them in control, they put on what I can only describe as a detonator chastity belt. Which um, it looks and... like a, like, you know those, like, video game chairs they used to make that would go on top of a chair and they would vibrate and had speakers on them? Yeah. It looks kind of like one of those, but over Roddy Rowdy Piper's junk. You know what I thought Under it Roddy. actually looked like? I actually thought it looked like a talk boy. Oh, yeah. A little bit happen. like a like a talk boy, but for the penis. Like from Home Alone 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can hey do that. kids, we're home. <laughs> I just said that every yeah. once in a while. Does anyone else have that commercial ingrained in their brains still to this day? I remember the commercial for, like, the pen, the Talkboy pen they eventually made. Oh, shit, that was cool, too, man. Yeah. I they should bring out... Talk Girl. Okay. They made them for girls, but they had to be called Talk Girls. Of course. Right, they were Bad. probably... I'm gonna guess they were pink and slightly more money. Mm-hmm. Back in the days of... Which I guess, not that they were over it, but pointlessly gendered stuff. Yeah. It's it's a tape uh, recorder. Yeah, it's just, it is just a tape <laughs> recorder, but also we need to say, like, this tape recorder is for girls. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, it's... Oh, where are we in society to begin with? I'm just thinking about how 2020 has been now too much, so we should get back to the film. Of uh, He asked the question after they put on, like, the detonator chastity belt of, like, what if I have to, like, use the bathroom? And they say, oh, no, no, it's just for monitoring your sexual activity. They never answer that question, and it really, oh, no. really got They say there's a, there's a flap. Oh, there's a yeah. flap? Yeah, they say that, that several times. They, they make a joke I was it a frustrated lot. this... I was frustrated this whole film for no reason. That fucking sucks. <laughs> Damn. You thought it just I, slid out? Yeah. Like, it is still with how fucking bulky that thing is. Like, even with a flap, he must have a pretty big dick for it to be able to do anything. Oh, no. And even even around back, like, the back of that thing is probably caked at poop. <laughs> <laughs> Very sexy film. I just I, wanted um... to know if his junk was so great, why it wasn't spilling out the sides, and why we never got to see it the entire time. Just <laughs> flapping in the apocalyptic desert, just the frogs being like, whoa, nice, dude. Yeah. Um, and the, only, the thing is, the only thing we really got to see in this film was apparently a, a three-pronged frog penis pushing up against the clothing. 
Um, that's a whole thing we have to talk about. Oh yeah, don't you can't you can't spoil that yet. That's on the, <laughs> yeah, that's on the whole other the side of the butter. movie. I should explain. I think the reason I missed that is I had the the movie playing on our television uh, over YouTube at a very quiet volume so that Barbara didn't have to hear it because I felt it was so embarrassing that I was watching this. Oh yeah, nice humble brag that you love your wife. Yeah, I would never subject her to these horny frogs. It must have been so hard to hear anything because this movie had terrible sound. And I don't know if it was just really the, bad sound. I don't know if it was just like the version on YouTube, which I'm sure that contributed to it at least. But even then, I think the sound design on the movie, there were some scenes where like there weren't sound effects where there should have been sound effects. Yeah. I do think now that we've talked about the chastity detonator and some of the outfits in this movie, I think we need to get ourselves some Al through Paul strategy grayscale in here. Uh, I said that kind of funny, but... I do like that this is kind of like a very whimsical Mad Max approach and that they have like all the frogs wearing the classic like BMWs and Mercedes uh, car... uh, what do they call those now? I forgot what they're called. Insignias? I guess cards. Hood ornaments? That's it. Hood ornaments. Which they stopped making because people used to rip them off and put them on chains like that. So, like, uh, I feel like the main character has this weird kind of, like, definite look of too much denim but also still trying to be a Mad Max. Well, he's look. kind of wearing, like, a dirty Adam Ant costume. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right on That's the a good money. Way With a... Like, he's got jeans, but he's got this kind of, like, red, like, loincloth thing that goes over the front and back. Yeah, what was that? Just to catch the wind? I have no fucking clue. Was it maybe to hide that he's not wearing the chastity belt all the time? Maybe. I don't know. But even then, I I feel like that's something you could suspend your disbelief enough to where, like, oh, it's under his pants. Well, I I think this must have been something that he had written into his contract, where I'm sure the filmmaker was like, hey, it's got to look like you're wearing it the whole time. Like, I'm not wearing that the whole time. Get me a fucking loincloth. Yeah, I want people to have those loincloth overtones. I know this film needs that. Maybe it was something to make him more recognizable, because he he would wear a kilt when he was was a wrestler. Oh, I could could see that. Oh, yeah. Oh. That makes sense. I mean, I think the true standout of this film, fashion-wise, of course, is going to be Spangle, because those were a lot of fun outfits she had. Oh, going. yeah. I mean, first off, you have, like, army, commander, medic. Oh, my God. Are we, in, we, are we in Moth Paul's Drag Race? Where yeah, we've been I, in that. I, yeah, we've Her been in wardrobe bothered me for so many reasons, but keep going. She, it she's is the, very sexist. She's the main chick. Yeah. With the glasses. It is, who somehow looks yeah, the glasses. like... She takes her glasses off, and she looks like eight years older she looked like yeah. judith light with her glasses on. <laughs> yeah that's a very good summation of that look but uh, the thing is she got out of her clothes a few times in this movie and she had like a body i can only describe as kind of like mantis like i mean i want to yeah. be honest with her. yeah I'll, that, I'll be i'll be honest it's very 90s hot it is not like current hot yeah uh, I, not even 90s hot lovely. like yeah like 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 late 80s early 90s yeah of course i'd wear like just so skinny yeah i did not yeah, like how much i could see her ribcage yeah it was uh, it was uncomfortable um and then also of course there's the whole slave outfit that comes on mm. later and that's also very stupid and juvenile um th- too much with the whole chain pulling going on that was slightly uncomfortable and then like towards the end of the film it's just like that's it <laughs> that's just... the end of it I'm surprised um, the apocalypse did not damage the lingerie industry one bit. <laughs> no, did, not at all. Didn't it? I mean, that lingerie she comes out in when that their first night camping, it's it's supposed to be camo lingerie, I think. Yeah, it was like ex- like where are they getting all the lace but after it, a nuclear apocalypse? It also only had one shoulder strap. Like one side didn't have a strap that goes over the shoulder. Yeah. That's the problem with the world building of this film, to us to have it believe that uh, if women are running mostly things, that they're going to be like, you know what we should do? We should still wear lingerie that we know is very uncomfortable with no appeal for all under uh, army and camo outfits. Like, that makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. Well, she was, like, she was ordered to keep uh, Sam, Sam Hell, in an aroused state to promote sperm growth. So I guess just give him blue balls constantly. I'm... Uh, 
hundred percent that science does not check out. But that's yeah. what the film went with. Well, I and mean, also, the I world like was the destroyed fashion. a nuclear hellfire. I'm sure they lost some of the. Yeah, the oh yeah, no, they yeah. lost all. They have no idea how to make anyone horny or how to make anyone more fertile. They're just throwing stuff at a wall. Anytime I mean, she literally. tries to be sexy, it is not sexy at all. Hey, hey maybe it's exactly what Sam Hell is into. Well, he likes Ooh, her like when this. her glasses are off. He keeps telling her, like, take off her... He's like, put on your shirt, take off your glasses. That line has stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, this movie... I mean, the one thing I want to give props to for this film is it hits every trope hard. Like, so hard. Of just... Uh, I wrote down a few of the lines, too, of, like, when they're running away later on, uh, Sentinella basically screams, hey, we gotta get going. I'm double parked here. I'm like, who's this line for? Who is this for? <laughs> oh, also, it's a little... Uh, it happened earlier, like before they left civilization, but their car is like a pink, like 1950s taxi. Yeah. Almost like a rules. With a, yeah. With a gun, a Gatling gun on top. But like when he first comes up to it, he's like, I'm not getting in that thing. And I, like, they I, don't really say why, yeah. I guess because it's pink. I, yeah, I didn't understand yeah. that at all. That car looked fucking great. We have to go back to like the 1988 mentality that toxic masculinity was so prevalent that you could just show a pink car and the audience is going to be like, yeah, no dude's going to get in that little thing. Mm. Like, I'm 100% positive. Yeah. That's why they didn't even like take a second to explain yeah. it. Um, Though I do got to say, you're going into a hostile territory. Yeah. Pink's probably not the best color. Yeah. Not good for camo. Uh, Looks-wise, I was kind of into it. It is ridiculous, and there's a machine gun on top of it, so that's pretty cool. Um, they uh, they basically get a war band together for some reason. They never really quite explain this, but they have to go to Frogtown to rescue a group of fertile women. It doesn't make sense they'd bring Sam with them, because I guess they're trying to keep them safe, but, you know, once again, this is just a 19. Yeah, totally. They should have sent, like, some commandos out to save the women, and then keep your man who, like, you need his sperm. So just sending him out there into the wastelands is just risking him dying. Well, I, th I, th I think <laughs> the idea was, like, regardless of anything, you're you're getting those women pregnant. Yeah, that, that overtone was a little intense, but also the fact that, like, the first night they're out in the wilderness... After they get stopped by like this guard post where there's just like this weird tense scene that doesn't really make sense. Well, it was where the uh, it was the police chief who hated Hell, who was going to try and yeah. torture him in the beginning, who he got transferred, and that's where he got transferred to the one gate yeah. in the middle of like it's such a tiny building, and like their borders look like so big. Like, how much defense could that possibly offer? <laughs> like they don't <laughs> build really the wall. Yeah, come on, give it. We want it. Um, they uh they find like a escaped uh woman from the frog town that night and this is where the movie goes uh, uncomfortable right away because yeah. they basically yeah. sedate her and then Well before uh, before that when they're chasing her down like they have like a proximity detector and they're chasing her in the dark and uh what's her name blonde lady is telling Spangle. Yeah, telling hot lady what was her name? Centel yeah, Centella? These names are so weird. I kept weird. calling her Citronella. C Citronella Cam? Yeah, that's what I've been calling her. Well, I, I kept calling her Mommy. So. Oh, nice. No, but anyway, I she mean, was... it sounds like you got a pretty cool mommy. She was trying to give her directions how to find it, but she kept like, okay, left, right, right, left. Like, you're in the middle of the desert. Like, saying just right and left doesn't mean anything. Was that also supposed to be, like, a stupid joke of, like, women are bad at directions, and it was just, like... I'm... If it was, then it was very poorly executed. I think yeah, it was I'm just... Yeah, I'm gonna hope not. I'm gonna hope it was just... I, I don't know why I want to be more hopeful about this, but I'm just gonna hope it wasn't that. I just think it was yeah. bad writing. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for this. Like, they should have said, like, point, like... Turn yeah. seven degrees left or something like that. Something more science-y sounding. Yeah, just some, like, bullshit like that. That would have been fine. That would be all we really need. Um, guys, I do want to give an Aaron McDavis curse update. I have very good news for you all. I just got in my email. He has sent me the MP3. Oh, perfect. We might we might be out of it. Uh, that's been our patent Aaron McDavis news update. Thank you so much for joining us. If, if it ends up being just an MP3 of never going to give you up, then that'll be, like, the best 
Rick Roll no, ever. Props to that man. I feel like Rick Roll being mentioned remind me that they brought back Kelly to talk about wearing masks from YouTube from like 2009. Oh That's yeah, they did man. bring that guy back. I I'd, I'd always wondered what happened to that guy cuz he made he would make like early YouTube, he made a lot of videos. Yeah, kind of like that unforgivable guy and he just went into like making short films and movie stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back to this movie. They sedate the woman after they get her. Yeah, back the... to the drug-induced rape. Oh, boy. I feel like I'm going to have issues recommending this film because there's some fun campy parts, but this was just, like, even for the time, like, pretty gross to watch. And also, like, this weird thing of, like, they made it almost like a comedic kind of scene, too, so I really do not know how to take it. Well, because at first he doesn't want to do it, and you think like, "Oh, okay, he doesn't want to rape a girl," but then he's like, "Ah, she's not my type." Okay, like which is even worse. Yeah, Yeah. she's not my type, not because she's unconscious, but because she has never brushed her teeth. Boy, which fair. And then, uh, blonde lady. I'm just gonna keep calling her blonde lady. I'm never gonna remember that name. She's like Spangle. It's so easy. Spangle, Spangle, like Star Spangle Bander. Yeah, there you go. Star but she's like, oh, I was, I was trained in the art of seduction, and so she takes her clothes off. She's wearing white lingerie. She does the most unsexy, like <laughs> touch, rubbing her hands, not quite on her body, but near. And it, she does that for like she, fifteen seconds. Yeah. Then she just looks really embarrassed and sad. She she looked like she was trying to inspect herself for poison ivy. Uh, I feel like it was this very weird, like, oh, my skin feels slightly uncomfortable and I'm doing this. I have to say if she was trained in the arts of seduction, she had a very bad teacher. It's just, it's no good. They got to refund that part of the government for whatever they're resourcing. Well, hey, you know, it never works if there's never like a practical exam. That's true. Well, I don't like the uh, tones of that. Yeah, either. neither do I. I'm sorry I even said it. <laughs> but it does make sense I mean, for this there movie. are movies that have stuff like that. Like, you guys ever seen uh, Sleepers? Ah, uh, yeah. Sleepers rules, man. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, that is a Woody Allen movie. So. Yeah. But they handle that yeah. st- sort of stuff better. We're like, oh, I majored in blowjobs. Yeah. Oh, man. I, that's another bag of worms we don't need to get into, <laughs> but... Uh, after that, basically, they wake up the next morning and they both look happy, so I think we're supposed to feel better about it as an audience. Whatever, we'll keep going with this film. Yeah. Uh, they get their Which I did like, together. the little late uh, Moth RuPaul's Drag Race, that yeah. uh, med tech suit they gave her, that pink jumpsuit. I thought that looked really that was, cool. I thought that, oh, that was a cool look. look. They should have they had more like med tech stuff that they were wearing in this. I would almost give it like, kind of a weird Fallout feel, which I would be all for. Yeah, um, like and then, uh, Spangle was dressed kind of like uh, most of the time she was dressed kind of like, like how like a lady explorer would look in like a 1930s movie with like the high boots and pants and a yeah. white shirt. I like that look because it was kind of fun and it fit the mood of the movie. But then the whole slave outfit was a little too much. I think later. Yeah, on. when yeah. she's supposed to be not sexy, I think she looks way better than when she's presented <laughs> as like this is her looking sexy. This is a real, uh, why am I freaking the the movie where the girl takes her glasses off? Uh, she's All That? That's the one. Yeah, it's a real She's All That reverse situation. Um, yeah, so they, they get to Frogtown finally. The titular Frogtown we've been waiting for. I said that very loud, but I was just excited. Because this is the one thing I remembered as a kid. These frogs? Not too bad looking. I think for the time and all of the stuff they did for it, um, they did what they could. And uh, it, we're instantly shown, like, uh, basically kind of like, I want to say, like, a showgirl frog dancing. Arguably the best character in this oh, film. Oh, she's very upset she, what happens. She is my ear. absolute favorite. Yeah. She, you, uh, and it's a slow reveal. You don't realize that it's a frog, but they pan oh, up yeah. and you're like, oh, dear God. They're, True, but if you, if like, you know anything about filmmaking, I think, because I kept saying, like, this better be a frog lady or else oh, I'm going to yeah. get the fuck out of here. 100%. <laughs> well, the was, pan was too well, slow for it to be a regular person, and I was like, oh, man, this awakened something in someone, and I love that. Yeah, because it went from being like, oh, I'm aroused by this, like, I'm very aroused by this frog lady now. <laughs> um it is, it's fun because they introduce three characters that I think are my favorite in this film right away, which is uh, the one frog girl, Arabella. Uh, they also uh, introduce us to, I wrote down the name because they only say it once, Leroy, which is a frog with a giant um, fez cap. 
Um, arguably the best actor in this film. I liked him a lot too. Yeah, everything. No, he's giving it his all. It reminded me of a good mob movie. Like he, he was there to do negotiations. Yeah, I liked. Um, Yeah, which even yeah, his outfits kind of like from like a Harvey Bogart sort of spy thriller, war spy thing. Yeah, I think to be like a little more critical in this film, like when it got more wacky, like this is like kind of what I wanted more out of the film. It spent too much time in like these weird like sex and rape jokes which is kind of fun and then like when it got to frogtown like this is this is what we came for guys (laughs) give us more frogtown and then we're also introduced to his friend looney tunes yeah played Uh, by the man who's always walking and talking standing and walking himself mr rory calhoun yeah prospector type i loved him so much It's, I mean, anytime they had a role that was over the top and they just let the actor go ham, that's, that's what we wanted. Like, cause we're introduced to the villain slowly after this too, which is Bull the Frog, also overacting, but very fun. Um, and then it's kind of like where we're showing around Frogtown, but I think it's another thing of, they had probably a very limited budget with this film. So they do a lot of like show, not tell, but they have some fun kind of. Yeah. That's why we didn't spend much time in Frogtown is because I think that I looked it up. It was like. 1.5 million is what their budget was. Yeah. Um, the prosthetics and the costuming for the frogs actually was pretty decent, especially considering this was like 1988. So I'll give them props on that. Um, I should say I'll give them frogs. I, yeah, them. they looked like talking frogs. Like, especially, like, if you'd made that with like a modern camera, it'd probably look like shit. But the cameras they yeah. were using, it looked great. Yeah, no, they, they look fantastic. The only thing I could kind of tell is for the cheaper, like, toadies or their little henchmen, they would basically just took a guy and put, like, slight frog makeup on him. But I'm like, you know what? They probably have a limited budget. Yeah, those didn't even have movable mouths because they used, there were a couple times they said something and their mouths don't move. So it was just something that went right over their face. One of my favorite scenes in this film is when they first cut to the bar is they have two of those cronies, like, lifting a drink to their mouth. And before they put it to their lips, they put it back down. I think both actors realized they couldn't drink that. (laughs) (laughs) Great scene. Um, uh, Yeah, so uh, they kind of get more into the the lore of what's going on and, like, the trade deals with the the slave girl, which is Spangle just dressed up. Okay, we find out in this scene that the lady, the frog lady stripper is their contact in Frogtown, how they knew that the ladies were there and how to find them. But they talk about they have a plan because... Hell and Spangle are sneaking into Frogtown, pretending that she's his slave and he's come to trade her. Yes. But yeah. it's still, like, they never really explain the plan before the plan because it doesn't really make sense. Like, okay, he's going to trade her to this dude who's not the leader of the town who has all the kidnapped women. Yeah, which is a weird plot point they have in it, too, which... Uh was the commander toady that's like just there for some very weird scenes that go too long uh because after they do the trade and basically bull the frog kind of screws them over they uh drug spangle and they spend i want to say it feels like 20 minutes of having her be like oh what's going on um oh that scene then... where she's like draped in silky sheer cloths yeah, yeah. and they're like waving like silk <laughs> silk blankets they... above her I couldn't tell what was going on in that scene. Like, if she was being hypnotized by the silk, or if it just felt really nice. Um, I do. I I just loved when the like the silk brushed up against her earrings, which control the the detonator on that cod piece. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> talked about that. That, that <laughs> the reason Hell doesn't run, just run away because he doesn't want to be a part of this at all. He's very much like uh, he's like Ash from Army of Darkness. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, he's just like kind of kind of a coward. Like he ends up, he does the right thing for the most part, just because he has to. But yeah, yeah. So like he's the Spangle, her little like she has these white earrings that are apparently controls for Hell's chastity belt. One of them activates a stinger that just I I imagine like. It caused him pain, so I'm imagining it just being like a needle going into his urethra. That's at least how Ooh, I, I don't it. like that. Yeah, I, really <laughs> I don't, don't like, like that, that picture at all. Some people that's that way too graphic. I, I thought I thought it was like one of those like funny joke buzzers, like not like an actual like medical device. <laughs> I mean, I guess they don't go like, into it, so I'm keeping my head cannon for that. Yeah, oh. like one of those like hand buzzers when you shake someone's hand, it's like a little shot. Yeah, yeah, just that, but on your what dick constantly. 
Yeah. And then the other um, one would activate a detonator. And if it like, and also if he got too far away from them, it would activate a detonator, which again, this is a very, he's a, his junk in his sperm are a very valuable resource to them, but they don't seem to, to treat it that way. Yeah, why aren't they just, like, jerking them off 24-7 and keeping all the samples to use and, like, freezing them for, like, you know, stasis? Oh, my God, that's, like, made. if you guys, another movie, there are several movies that this movie made me think of. It made me think of Escape from New York, Yeah, Mad sure. Max, any of them, and uh, A Boy and His Dog. Have you guys ever seen A Boy and His Dog? <laughs> I have not, but I'm... one of these days I will. I can't believe that's the compare comparison being made i haven't seen it but it seems off so explain well basically like a boy's dog has a very similar like there's this kid played by don johnson and his uh telepathic dog named blood and his his dog can like smell (laughs) women so it's just this kid trying to find women and get laid then he then he gets taken in by the underground people who went underground before nuclear hellfire started. They're like, oh, we our DNA is become like impure, so we're just gonna have inbred. So we need to bring a new DNA. He's like, oh, hot damn, I'm gonna get laid. But no, they just strap him to a table and they put a tube in his dick and they're extracting his sperm. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Like, Boy and the Dog got it right then. Yeah. What the hell? Why is it called a boy and his dog? Because That he, is completely misleading. Because him and his uh, his buddy, his telepathic dog, Blood. Damn. That, that, is, a... that is like something that my dad could have accidentally taken me to just on the name. <laughs> it could have turned out yeah. so bad. Well, it came Warped out like, like 1976, so... Okay. There, well, there been, is it a good there film? There could have been a revival theater. A, a lot of people yeah. don't like it. I like it, especially like the parts that happen underground. Like, well, there's one scene with like a robot that just starts snapping people's necks that terrifies the hell out of me, even to this day. And I watched the movie in college for the first time. Oh, so, that does sound pretty radical. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it, man, I, man. I, it's a movie worth watching. Yeah, so I, I think just to speed it up a little bit, they eventually kind of escape with everybody in tow after uh, her drug dance to do the three fro- or the three snake dance, which is just making Commander Toadie's three dicks pop up. Um, I guess that's what we needed to see film. Thanks a lot. Uh, I mean, it's also a tease because we don't actually see them because it's like if you're going to hand at them, just show me the full three hogs. I like, do I wonder if she like. wasn't... I didn't research this actress at all that played Spangle, but... She is a pretty good dancer. She was in Conan the Barbarian as Valeria, and then like a few other like campy films from the eighties and nineties. I can see that. I, I thought the yeah. dance, if that was actually her, and it seemed like it was, was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it, it was. It was one of the few well done things I'd say throughout the film. Uh, but the lead up and everything to it else was kind of just weird and too long. Um, but then he basically is dealing with Bolt the same time that's trying to get off the detonator and gets it off eventually. With, like, a, a chainsaw, I guess. It doesn't kill him, which I'm still confused about. But... Yeah, no, he was real delicate with it. He had, like, surgical precision with that chainsaw. Yeah. It and ex- it seemed like he really wanted to kill people, but he was really nice about that. It exploded. It did detonate. But when you found out, like, what the detonation was, it was, like, a little tiny firecracker. Yeah. It was like, oh, this thing is set to blow, and it blew in the frog's face. Yeah, it did kill the frog, though. Yeah. Did it? It looked like a fire. No, no, it, 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 you're right. It didn't it, because, it like, he it knocked for, him out for like a yeah. second. Was it supposed to be like a joke? Like it was just enough, like C4 to detonate his dick off. I I like Probably. to think it was, but they didn't. Like she said, it was like there's like an ounce of C4 in there, and like I would assume that would like completely eliminate his pelvis and probably kill him. But instead, it's just enough to like if not, stun uh, a frog he, he, for a bit. You don't die from the explosion, though. You die from the blood loss. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Like, you don't sense. die from uh, COVID. You die from asphyxiation. Yeah, and underlining symptoms. So yeah. that 6% thing, stop with that shit, people. Anyways, uh, Arabella also comes to kind of, like, try to rescue him at the same time and then gets stabbed by a screw and dies. Yeah, then- she really wants to fuck hell. Because apparently hell is, like, notorious, like, all over, like, the planet for how great a lover he is. Because even, like, the other... The other cooler lady that's not Spangle, the what's Citronella. her name? Citronella. Citronella. Yeah. Go with now. 
uh yeah it it is it's one of those weird things of like i think that trope they have all the time where there has to be like some type of sacrifice for the hero but they they get the whole band together all the women escape with uh spangle as well and they get in their cars they kind of hightail it out of there um this is like the the build-up to like the mad max chase scenes for this film and i thought it was going to be like a band of them or make it a little bit cooler but it is I think because of the production value, it just seems so tiny, where it's just, like, them driving away and the other toadies on their car. And it's, yeah, like, it's, it's, hey, it just feels hey, so microscopic. Hey, it's very, it's definitely it's a very, I prefer yeah. cost-effective. Yeah. <laughs> well, that you also different. get this sense from some of these scenes that Donald G. Jackson doesn't know how to film an action scene. Oh, God. You get no. a lot of that, like, oh. one angle, punch, another angle, different thing. Yeah. You don't get a flowing scene and just a bunch of little clips because they don't know he what they're doing. He found a way. He found a way to not making or making a, our katana not exciting in the film. So that's unfair. Hey, I, I I did not see. Where did he get that katana from? Yeah, he just had, he just it. had yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't see it the entire time, but for some reason he had it. He had it for when the he needed it. Of the movie. Yeah, I didn't see it until the end chase scene. I was like. Because I, I looked down at my phone a couple of times. I'm like, where the hell did he get that sword from? Noah, so I guess many they, they, post- they just had a bunch of weapons there. I guess in, in the midst of, of getting those guns, they also like, here's a free katana. You know, you're good customers. Yeah. Wow. I loved in the in the showdown where like the the women who are pacifists didn't even want to like hand him the katana. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why can't you get it yourself? It's right there. Like, what a bad explanation for why they don't try to escape. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did laugh at the one scene when uh, Spangle, like, as they're about to take her to uh, Toad, like, she's like, oh, let's just walk out. And she punches one of the guards and they're like, oh, maybe we can escape. Then just two more guards come and take her out. And they're like, then again, maybe not. That I, yeah. made me chuckle I mean, a little bit. I did love how they there just was... left that one guard, like, just there on the floor. They didn't even yeah, there's that. a lot of cartoony scenes that like they could have just kind of they should have either made it more cartoony or more slightly serious, but it's oh, like 100%. this weird middle ground the whole film. Uh, I think overly cartoony would have been a lot more fun for this film, but like uh, as this is all happening with the chase and they're having like the showdown, also the one police officer shows up as uh, apparently he had like an alter ego of like it was called like Captain Sodom. Um, and then he basically takes his mask off and says like, it's all because of you women. I'm like, okay, that whatever. Um, just kill the guy already, and they do. Yeah, which is another thing where, like, I wish they would have built on, like, women running the world a bit more, because you only ever see, yeah. other than the, uh, the rescued slave girls, you only see three women in yeah, the entire movie. Yeah, kind of weird. Not, count- not counting the slave women and the frog lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another thing that made me kind of laugh, even though, like, it's... It probably shouldn't have is because when the frog lady really wanted, she saved hell and she just really wanted to bone him. And then he convinces her that he's into having sex with a woman with a bag on her head. Yeah, it's a classic scary movie too joke, if you will. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like the first time I'd seen that gag was in an episode of the South Park. Yeah, definitely there is a scene in Scary Movie too. Um, etched in my brain it, it is slightly funny just for how stupid it is but um i guess we're basically at the end of the film too which is wild because it, it describing the plot it goes by very quick because like a, each scene really does just go too long it feels like but they basically get all loaded up into their car after they've defeated both the frog and the evil cop um once again very hard to imagine oh he's defeated by like when he uses that sword to take him out he throws it and it goes clean through his torso yeah that was pretty cool but like somehow that. he he stumbles away and hell's like he takes his hand and goes like i got to finish this job yeah. and he finds the sword pulled out of the torso but like there's no way that guy was able to pull that fucking sword out Hey, he could have he could have like ran into a rock to get it out <laughs> backwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe he tripped and fell backwards. Like, oh, thank God that came out. Yeah, but anyway, he squeezed like, he, it out. Yeah, so he finds the dude, like pr- pretends to be dead. Then he walks away. Dude wasn't dead. Comes back and he's he's had like an RPG, which is what he was going to kill him with earlier. He's about to fire it, but Hell, he makes a sound, so Hell gets the drop on him. And now Hell has an RPG. 
Yeah, and uh, basically it doesn't work right away, yeah. which is fine. And it just turns into a shootout that leads into a brawl where he actually has this big fight with the frog on top of the cliff. Once again, this is another thing where during the fight, I'm like, they actually did a really good job with the frog costumes because oh, yeah. uh, the whole fight is like, it looks it looks like a giant frog and like it's moving its mouth and fighting decently. Um, it goes on for too long yet again, but eventually they get on to the point where he falls off the cliff well, and he chops I, his I hand do off. feel kind of like this might have been maybe slightly a reference to Star Trek because were they filming on Santa Clarita Rocks? Because it lo- might have been. There was, if it weren't, they definitely found one spot that looked kind of like those rocks because, like, that's where like Kirk fought the Gorn, and oh. like these guys are kind of like the reptilians, so they kind of look like the Gorn. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe it's supposed to be a reference. Oh. It's kind of hard to tell with this film with its scope, but I could see that being true. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, after they have this big fight and they finally kill the frog, they all get in their little bandwagon together and have a few fun flirty lines and drive off into the sunset basically well they, that, that's it. it like they basically like uh, him and spangle kind of confess they're into each other and then she's like well maybe we can i can convince the government to give us some leave when your duty is done and he's like what duty are you talking about i thought i was done here and then he looks back at the girls and like oh right i gotta impregnate these girls it's like how do you not know that's what you're gonna have to do like that's he has been told he to just, you so he many just, times. He just killed a frog, man. Like, passions are high right now. Maybe he forgot about all the fucking he has to do. Yeah, and the fact that he did it earlier in the film, too, which is another weird thing, so... It's a... Yeah, it's it's a kind of a weird film, but I guess we could just get to the ratings now for it. Um, we, we've been switching it up. We used to do it where it was, like, uh, either... I'm a champ, which has four arms, or like a Goro that has four arms for the ratings, but we decided to do a Zaphox Beetle Box. Or is it that weird? What's his full name again from Hitchhiker's Guide? Zaphod Beetle Box. It is Zaphod Beetle Box. Okay, yeah. I did kind of have that correct. Uh, he has three arms, so we like to do it three arms, uh, either three thumbs up, three thumbs down, or anything in between. I would give this. This is going to be a hard one with the three, I just realized, but I'd give it like one thumb up. The other hand's kind of like almost doing like a thumb up it's like to the side just tilted a little bit and the other thumb is a thumb down because there's still a lot of rape jokes in this film that made me very uncomfortable so that that's my rating of this film that's a that's a clean rating uh i I, i'll go ahead and give this film uh two thumbs up one thumbs down very very similar reasons uh it's definitely it's i feel like it can be appreciated as a movie of its era but you also have to look at it critically and be like yeah there's a lot of rape in here it's basically a, a Mad Max porn parody that doesn't go all the way into porn. <laughs> Which is a real disappointment for everyone involved. So. I, hey, I, I still had fun with this movie. And I would, again, I would recommend it to people. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah, there are some fun parts for sure. Yeah, I'm going to give it a uh, 6 out of 10. Like I, it's a pretty good movie. Like It's not great. I probably would have given the higher if there was more of that girl Sturgis because I really liked her and I felt really annoyed that there wasn't more of her. Mm. She was much more interesting than Spangle, I think. Yeah. Well. But yeah, again, it's, budget time. It's like I don't know if you're into cult movies, you'll probably like it. But if not, then you probably won't. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna agree with Martin. I'm gonna give this two two arms or thumbs or whatever we're rating it by <laughs> up and one down um i enjoyed myself more than i thought i would with this movie um and we didn't talk about her at all but i think the best acting goes to uh the black nurse in the beginning of the movie oh 100 yeah yeah oh, how could we skip yeah, her she's she was she's just wonderful. done with everyone's shit yeah she was wonderful um well, she's basically like, who's that? Who's the leader of like the woman who's in charge of Suicide Squad? Oh, Amanda Waller. Checkmates. Yeah, she's basically Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. Like maybe before Amanda Waller even existed. I'm not. I'm sure. not sure. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. that. It might be around the same time. It is, this is '88, mm. so Amanda Waller probably Jeez, existed no. in the comics. But I, either way, I would like this woman to just do every bit of exposition in my life, and I would love it if she told me to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> just just whispers in here like, "Hey, now's the time." But yeah, I would have, um, I would have loved a bit more of her. 
1986 is when Amanda Waller was invented. Oh. Is that how you would refer to it for like a comic book character? Yeah, I mean, like created. created. Yeah, introduced. I'm for the new Suicide Squad film. Uh, anyways, to get to... Uh, I think we should go to stupid games now. That was I, I feel yeah. like that's what uh, you know. Hell comes to Frog Ten was all about. If you like campy films, you'll probably like it. If you don't, what are you doing? Get out of there! Hell yeah, run, <laughs> run as fast as you can. And if you are um, into campy films, you've probably heard of this movie before. Yeah, At least I've seen it. I kind of yeah, I kind of want to see a Buena's Dog now. I'm curious about that one. I I, I uh, recommend yeah. that movie definitely. But uh, for his stupid games, uh, stupid games. Just so you know, Liz, we like to play very stupid games at the end of the episode. Um, one of the ones that has become a, a new fan favorite, and that's probably like the few people that actually listen to this, and even then they probably don't like it. Um, we want to ask you a question. How tall is Steve Buscemi? <laughs> How tall is Steve Buscemi? I'm going to go with a respectable 5'7". That's a good guess. Uh I've been doing this for a little bit now, and I'm going to ask my, my co-host yet again to see how tall they think Steve Buscemi is and if they forget. I, so I, 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 I do remember ahead. this time, so I am going to uh, abstain from answering. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I do remember also. But I'm like 99% positive, but I'm going to answer anyway. 5-9. All right, guys. The court respects Martin's decision to abstain. Uh, but with Luke's uh, domineering memory, it is indeed 5-9. Yeah. But still, very good guess, Liz. I feel like we've had this question for quite a few people on, and they, they usually go a little bit taller. But yeah, he's not, he's just 5-9. He's, he's like a decently tall dude, but not super Liz, tall. Liz, you, yeah, got, you of... got far closer your first guess than I did with my first guess. <laughs> I was lowballing it just to be safe. I didn't want to go over No, it. no, you're right. Celebrities yeah. always get a little bit extra added. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I'm going to go for a few more questions now, too, of other heights. How tall do you guys think Roddy Rod Piper is? Ooh. I'm, I'm going to say I know, six foot I, even. See, I feel like he's pretty short. Oh, so interesting. So I'm going to go five, six. He I looks... Love, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. He looked about the same height as the tall blonde lady, or like taller, so I'm gonna go like I'm gonna say five eleven. All right, this is an interesting one because Martin is right on the dot, six feet exactly. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So we're we're we got we got one point for Martin, one point for Liz. Let's see if we get a tie or somebody wins it. Uh, how tall? I'm gonna ask this one, guys, to get ready for our next game because I looked it up today. How tall do you think famous character actor and bit part player Ron Canada is? God damn it. Oh. Yeah. So Ron Canada, I should explain, he is the judge in Ted 2. Um, you probably recognize him in a lot of other roles. He's been in over 250. Um, he's We're big fans of him. We have another game we're going to go into after this, but how, how tall do you think Ron Canada is? I can share a picture if we need to. I have to, hold on, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah, I want to give a fair, I want to give a fair try. I'll let uh, Luke and Martin guess why you look I'm, it up. I'm going to say 5'5". Five, five. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to go 5'10". I like that one too. You know what? I'm gonna safe go with a safe choice. Five seven. Five seven. Closest is gonna be Luke. We're all tied now, so he's five eleven. Oh. Oh, that means if I gave Ron Canada a hug, our heads would be at the same level. Hey, oh, that's nice. Before you guys get to the next game, can I ask you how tall you think someone is? Yes. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, flip the tables. Well, because he he has the song short people where he makes fun of short oh. people yeah, i love that song randy newman how tall do you guys think randy newman is randy newman. eight feet good... <laughs> uh i i feel like he's got some tall man energy i'm gonna go with a six two i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say same as rowdy rowdy piper i'm gonna say six foot even oh but what if he's really short oh, God. That hold would on make one sense. second i'm verifying it yeah. <laughs> where oh come on i just looked this up Okay, good. Like I was like, you didn't know before you asked. It is. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's six feet. I remember oh. talking about this on my podcast. We're gonna go with six feet. Yes. I can't confirm right now, um, but I'm pretty sure we talked about this on my my podcast where they were making fun of me for being short. And... It just means that uh, Brandon will have to look it up and add a disclaimer to the, <laughs> the, the podcast to say confirm. Yeah, it's confirmed. No, I looked it up. No he, he's six foot even. 
And he's also 76 years old now. That means that if him and Roddy Rod Piper had kissed, they would be the perfect height for each yes, other. Yes, they would. It's kind of... And I like that's that ki- a lot. No, it's kind of sad and wistful to think about now. They can never be together. Yeah. R.I.P. Piper. R.I.P. Piper. Passed away in 2015. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to go now into uh, Who in the Fuck is Ron Canada, which is where we ask people questions about Ron Canada's illustrious film career. But don't go <laughs> Who the fuck is Ron Canada? Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, since he has over 250 roles, we like to mix it up, and I'm going to ask you guys to guess from a series of multiple questions what movie he was in. In 2003, he was in a film about a group of FBI detectives on the manhunt for a dangerous killer. Was this movie titled The Hunters, The Hunted, or The Hunt? <laughs> what year? Uh, 2003. 2003, The Hunted. I'm going to say The Hunt. I'm going to say The Hunted as well. All right. The Hunted is correct, guys. Yeah, it's the one with uh, Benicio Del Toro and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that's the one. It's a knife movie. This isn't fair. They both know films. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's a movie I've never seen. I just remember the trailers and that, like, Benicio Del Toro and uh, Tommy Lee Jones were, like, going to fight each other with knives. Ooh, Unless it ended up being yeah. like The Grey, where like you think that's going to be a movie about Liam Neeson fighting wolves, but it's not. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you guys don't want anything other than my respect, but it's still worth something somewhere. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep it. Um, I, I already like had we that. Should, we should go to good old recommendation plugs. I think skedaddle here after talking about all these dang frogs. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'll let one of you guys kick it off this time. I feel like I always go first. On this okay. I'll, I'll go first then. Uh, I would recommend, I've been listening to uh Scott tune network recently. I say, look them up on YouTube. They do really fun ska covers of all kinds of songs. And uh, I'm just a big old, I'm a big old stupid ska boy. So they are perfect for me. And then uh, for usual plug, I would say follow Brandon Kirkman on Twitter at, uh, I don't remember Brandon. What's your Twitter? At Kirkman Brandon, I switched my name around because there's another brand, Kirkman. Already. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll jump on with a recommendation here too. Oh, unless you have any plugs. Of oh course. no, nothing, just... nothing, nothing to plug except for Brandon's Twitter. Thank you. Uh, my recommendation would be to follow Martin at Martin Felschman on Twitter. I believe. Uh, also super funny. Uh, also, I want to give a good old recommendation. I've been playing this game a lot lately. Um, it's free on the PC. If you got one, it's coming to the Switch already on the ps4 and xbox which is apex legends uh it's just how i've been passing time during the pandemic um you know can't go outside you really shouldn't if you don't have to and uh might as well just play video games and then hope the world doesn't fall apart by uh you know x amount of time for america right now um uh-huh. you know ending it on a high note we are right now so. <laughs> i miss being i miss not being able to not having to go to work <laughs> yeah yeah boy what a weird time it's mm-hmm. been yeah yeah just trying to survive the year. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. As for plugs, uh, you know, I work on that other podcast that's part of Machine Culture, Desk and Day Job, that's a live play D&D one. It's uh, run by, uh, outside of me, Hobart Thompson, Spencer D. Blair, and Liz Getty, as well as Gwyn Hope. It is super fun. You should check it out if you like D&D. That's it for me. Hell yeah. Uh, Liz, you go first. I'm still trying to okay. think of stuff. Um, recommendations, uh, I've been getting really into puzzling in quarantine. Oh, hell um, yeah. Like I jigsaw also... puzzles? No, not jigsaw puzzles, like metal, like some cool, like metal take apart and put together puzzles. Okay. Um, yeah. I've also gotten really into watching people do puzzles on YouTube. So I'm going to plug, um, Mr. Puzzles channel on youtube because he's this german guy who like scientifically very scientifically does his puzzles um and another plug for just like people you know that might be listening that know other people in comedy um check out john mccombs mike smoke break it's a lot of fun Hell yeah. um it's just you do a minute of time and the rest is just bullshitting which i like so if you do comedy and you listen do that mike it's a lot of fun 
Yeah, I think that format's good nowadays, too, because I was hearing, uh, actually, Donnie Sapphire, a friend of the show, was on Thought Cops recently, which is a great podcast you should check out. And he's talking about how he walked by that one outdoor show they were doing in Logan Square, and he wasn't against it, but there's a lot of comedians that are doing bits before 2019 or 2020, and he's just talking about how it was such a weird whiplash to hear people talk about, like, oh, man, Tinder's so hard to date these people, and then you got to get an Uber, and it's like, what? what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, you it, can't expect be... somebody to have a year's worth of material when it's not even been a year. I know, but we definitely have more time to write, I feel like. I, I shouldn't get too judgmental, but also it is <laughs> no, weird I'm, to I'm, think about, I'm, like, before I'm times I'm thinking now. judgmental if you're using specific bits that cannot work relatably now. Like, Good you point. can, you've got to have more than just Tinder shit. Yeah. True. At least Fair get enough. some Bumble in there. Yeah, no, you gotta gotta uh, get some Bumble, gotta get Hinge, gotta do OK Cupid, plenty of fish. Like you gotta hit all the dating sites. Friendster. Friendster. Yeah. Thank you. MySpace. Um, I'm gonna. Thank you. I'm gonna recommend. I think I might have recommended it once before a long time ago, but uh, the Ruddles. All you need is cash. It's a movie that's like a parody of the Beatles, but was made by like by Eric Idle and early SNL people like uh, John Belushi, uh, Gilda Radner, Bill Murray. They're all in it, but it's it's really funny. It's one of the funniest movies ever, and also that like they produced like an entire album of parody Beatles songs. Like if you don't watch the movie, just look up the song "Cheese and Onions." It's really good. Oh. Good combination of things. Yeah. Also, like, I'm surprised I've never heard of this film. Like, especially Eric Idle, Bill Murray, and all of them. That's that's crazy. I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, it's great. It's um, uh, but yeah, it's hard to find copies of it because it was it hasn't had a release in a while. Like the even the DVD I have is like PAL only. But if you have a way to play it, you can borrow it. Uh, oh. My my internet kung fu is pretty good about pirating things, so I have faith in myself. But uh, anyway, feel... yeah, my uh, plug. Uh, Go to my cooking Instagram, Flip Cooks, at twi- at Instagram or however you say Instagram things. <laughs> I, I haven't at updated Instagram. in a little while, but I'm probably going to update it tonight because I made my own pickles and I'm going to make a rib witch because I found nice. some oh, riblets yeah. at uh, my grocery store that oh that look like they'd be good for like a faux uh, McRib. It's uh, it's been a bit since we've got to have any of your cooking since we haven't met in person. But uh, yeah. Luke's brought us food a few times, and it is always fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to that. Um, yeah, you could cook. I think we should leave on that good positive note. Thanks so much for doing this again, Liz. This was a, a really fun, weird movie to talk yeah. about. I was not expecting this because once again, I think watching this as a kid, like if it was a Comedy Central or sci-fi or whatever, I realized they cut out a lot of this film. So <laughs> it, it was wild. It must um, have been sci-fi. I can't imagine this being. I think it was funny enough I, I to gotta, be Comedy Central. I'm gonna have to look it up after this, but uh, I think we should go down our, our catchphrase and we'll see if we we get it right this time. It's yeah. always a fun challenge. All right, you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. You're gonna, You're like, gonna like the way, the way, I way you fuck. The way we fuck. I guarantee, I guarantee it. Did we we almost got it? It's good. It, I said you. Is it? Did we agree on you or we? I think we agreed on you, and I said we. Okay, time. yeah, you so definitely did say. I have, it, I have it written down in in the sheet. It's you're you're gonna like the way I fuck. I guarantee it because it's supposed to be like a fusion of all of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's still kind of creepy. I think the more we get into it. But, yeah, yeah. Let's. let's I don't. Get I don't even it. think it's like a seeable as a parody of the men's warehouse thing anymore. R.I.P. Yeah, he's dead. I I just assume. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You're prob- prob- probably safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>